Welcome to the Kenza Pod. Kenza Collective is a platform dedicated to educating, inspiring, and empowering parents who work for themselves. Check out KenzaCollective.com to learn more about our mission and to find resources to help you on your journey. Together, let's reinvent what it means to be a working parent. My name is Tiffany Jones. I'm the founder and CEO of Kenza. Each week on the podcast, you can join me and our CFO, Beth Gummery, as we help you navigate the tricky business of working for yourself while also raising a family. We're honored to have you here with us. Let's get started. One of the biggest challenges that freelancers face is a fear of inconsistent cash flow. So when you know when you're used to getting a steady paycheck every two weeks, this can be a big change for you. But of course, Beth and I are here to help. You know, managing cash flow is something that Beth is actually quite passionate about teaching not just our community, but she's been teaching cash flow projections and managing cash flow to a lot of her clients for many years. And she's currently working on adapting her famous or infamous, I don't know what the right word is, cash flow <laughs> projection tool for you all, which is going to be coming out on the Kenza Collective website very, very soon. Now, in addition to being able to predict your cash flow, Another strategy to help keep your sanity when it comes to just managing your business finances is being intentional about creating and maintaining a cash reserve. Now, a cash reserve is just like what it sounds. It's basically, you know, just like a savings account. But when you set money aside intentionally for your business in the form of a cash reserve, it can really help you in a lot of ways. Some of those ways are, well, you can dip into it if you're having a slow season or slow month. It can provide peace of mind that you are going to be able to cover any expenses you have while you're waiting for a set of invoices to get paid. It can lower your anxiety when an invoice is late because you're not depending on that money to come in to pay your bills. So you all, like having a reserve just helps you know that you can always borrow from yourself if you need to. You can use this reserve to pay yourself if you're unexpectedly sick and need to take some time off or a family member, or if you want to take a vacation, but keep that income consistent. And you can also use it to pay your subcontractors uh, while you're waiting to get paid back by the client. So today, Beth is going to talk to us about her perspective on how to create and maintain a cash reserve how much we should try and have in there and some easy steps that you can take right now to get started on this, no matter if you're just getting going or if you're, you know, years into entrepreneurship. So hello, Beth. Hello there, Tiffany. So we are on video for the very first time here at the Kenza pod. So if you're listening to this through a podcasting platform like Spotify or Apple podcasts, that's great. If you want to see our amazing faces, <laughs> you can head over to our website and we're also going to be publishing this on YouTube. So it marks a new chapter in the Kenza pod production that I'm very excited about. Are you excited, Beth? We are moving on up, <laughs> right? We're getting, we're, things are getting real in here. Now, Beth, where are you and why are you in that place? I am in Brunby, which is a suburb of Copenhagen, Denmark, and I'm here because I'm married to a Brunbian. Recently and, married um, to a Brunbian. Yeah, 
And um, yeah, and and so this is um, where I'm going to be podcasting from some of the time. Very cool. From now on. Um, I just got married last week and um, very happy and uh, very excited to be able to travel back and forth between here and our other studios in Capitola. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, so fancy. Yeah, I, I, the best of all worlds. I love it. Very happy. Good. Yeah. So, well, thanks to technology, yeah, we, we can both be wherever we would like to be, and that's an exciting thing. Um, and also, thanks to working for ourselves, we can be wherever we want to be. So, let's mm-hmm. get into talking about a cash reserve and help to just help our listeners understand why this is important, how they can do it, and uh, who this applies to. Hint, it's everyone. So, Beth. <laughs> What is a cash reserve? Tell us, what does that even mean? Well, in short, a cash reserve is just what it sounds like. It's cash set aside or reserved for a time when you might need it. So it's like a savings account, just like you would have for your personal finances, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's just uh, it's just you putting money aside, not spending all your money, right? Putting enough aside so that when if you have some kind of issue or problem, like you mentioned in the intro, you've got some cash that you can use and you can borrow from yourself rather than borrowing from someone else. Mm-hmm. And it's always better to be independent. That's right. Right. So, so who do you that's think what we're all striving for? That's right. Who do you think should have one? Is this just for, is this for anyone who is working for themselves? Talk to us about that. Um, you, me, everyone, if you can make it happen, do it. If you started out, um, if you're just starting out, this may be an aspirational goal. Um, and obviously the last thing we want to do is put any more pressure on you because we know starting a business is, is stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately this will serve to take pressure off of you. Yeah. Yeah. And even so. if you only start by putting 20 bucks aside off of every invoice or whatever it is, start somewhere. Um, 20 bucks in the Bible, as they say, <laughs> Yes, you know, seriously, I mean, you, you know, for this is, this is how smart people take care of their household, right? It's like a little bit of money aside here and there. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing for your business. Yeah. Awesome. You know, so how much should people be aiming to put in there? And I'm excited to talk about this because when I first started my freelance business, I started thinking about this and. I wasn't really able to come up with a really clear number. So what what should we be aiming for there? You know, it should be, think about if all the wheels fell off, um, how much runtime would you need to recover? And how much money would you need in a, in a month or two months or three months, right? So, so how long is it going to take to pivot if, if something happens? Um, and that's how much you should, you should aim for. So, um, you know, let's say you got sick or wanted to go on a maternity leave or something. What would your business expenses be that you'd have to keep up while that happened? And consider, remember that you're an expense of your business too. So how could you pay yourself? Um, if their business has a rent, if you're paying any other people, you know, what are the, the, the bills of your, of your 
company on a, on a monthly basis. How many months of runtime would you need to put aside? And that's what you start aiming for. Um, there's no saying that you're going to have that all in the beginning or else, you know, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, do, do that calculation, you know, just say, well, if I needed to take three months of, of not billing, how long could I make it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, how, how much would I need to make it through that? Right. Time right. And put that amount aside. Okay. So you're thinking that maybe a good starting place would be to maybe pick three months, maybe six months and look at some of your hard costs. So these are just, these could be things like software subscriptions that you have to keep up with for some reason, or, um, office expenses or equipment expenses, or maybe you, you know, bought a laptop with, Apple credit and you have to keep making those payments every month. Like what are the things that you just absolutely could not drop off of, um, including whatever you need to pay yourself and set that as a goal to start setting aside. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so everything, every non-negotiable cost, everything that like, if you couldn't pay it, bad things would happen. Like if you, if your office, if you have office rent, if you're, you know, out of your home and you're, you're renting an office, that's important. If you have any employees, remember when you sign up for employees, you sign up to take care of them. You don't not pay them because things are tough. You know, don't, don't hire until you can make sure you can pay. So all of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I've worked with some bigger organizations and, you know, like sometimes they have a hundred thousand dollar payroll twice a month and $40,000 worth of rent every month. And so what I always suggest to them is put that aside, put two or three months aside because that would allow you time to pivot if something bad happened. And meanwhile, you'd have your reserve that you could use. Yeah. Something bad, like a global pandemic, for example, that could happen. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, gotta tell you, I'm really happy that all my clients had reserves when we went into this, you know, Mm -hmm. because they were like, yeah, this sucks, but you know, we, we put money aside. We were prepared for something like this. Yeah. 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 One of the things I remember when I very first went out on my own, I had a girlfriend I was talking to and just sort of was picking her brain. She's been running her own. Um, she does uh, landscape design, um, business. And one of the main tips that she told me, and I'm curious what you think about this is she encouraged me to pick an income amount, like a certain amount every month that I want to be making and, you know, realistic number, of course, for where I'm at and, and to stick with that regardless of whether or not I'm, you know, if I made more than that, that month. And she said, you know, choose like, let's say $5,000 or whatever is a month is what you want to be, you know, taking home then anything that you bill above that each month, just set it aside basically in this cash reserve account so that, you know, if you are between projects or you want to take a vacation or whatever the case may be, you know, you, you have that set aside and you're keeping sort of this steady income level. Curious what you think about that method or that line of thinking. Yeah, that's really smart for budgeting purposes too, because then you always, you know, you, you, you create that, that income for yourself within your budget and it never varies or it, you know, maybe you bonus yourself if you have a good year or something, but then you know that you have to budget around that. And then you're realistic about your expectations for how you're spending your money. What you don't want to do is shortchange yourself. Remember that you, 
the whole point of this is so that you can support yourself, right? So you don't want to be putting, you know, making a lot of the, a lot of times we always put ourselves last, right? So make sure you put yourself first when you're planning this mm-hmm. so that you're, you're covered because from there you are in a better position to help other people and, you know, hire your employees and do all the things that you need to do. But the thing is, you know, it's like they say on the plane, put on your own um, air mask or, you know, yeah. oxygen mask <laughs> before you put the other person's mm-hmm. on, right? Like if you're completely in a tailspin because you can't pay your bills, you're not going to be any good for anybody. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah. So don't squeeze yourself. <laughs> yeah. Don't squeeze yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a weird thing to say. <laughs> I know. It sounds a little kinky, but you know, don't squeeze the oranges. You know, whatever. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Um, to be fair, Beth has been up since 3 a.m. her time doing meetings in the U.S. And uh, I think we're seeing a fun little um, slap happy <laughs> side of her today. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's that's one of the, you know, it might sound glamorous <laughs> to live in two countries, but it also means a lot of up in the middle of the night. Oh, so, <laughs> Well, you're doing great. You know. Thank you. Thank you. I'm having a great time. I mean, I really am. I feel like Beth doesn't drink, and I think this is like the closest I might get to seeing Beth drunk. <laughs> um, full disclosure, I just ate chocolate. Oh, okay. So. Okay. <laughs> Maybe Got that. <laughs> okay. A little chocolate chocolate high. So let's talk about maintaining this account. So let's just go to, we have an account set up. It is our cash reserve account. We have, Mm -hmm. let's say $10,000 in there or something, and we need to borrow from it for whatever reason. How do you recommend keeping track of that? I remember I've actually done this before and I remember thinking like, there's got to be a better way. I just kept these like notes in a spreadsheet for myself. That's like paid this person, this out of the reserve. When this invoice comes in, make sure to like put that back in the reserve. And it just felt clunky. Like, what do you, do you have any suggestions on how to better manage that? Um, there's a couple of things you can do. And, and one of them is, so I, I, we're going to talk later and probably in a full length course about cash projection. And what I do is I recommend that everybody create a cash projection, either simple or complicated. Um, and every time you you update your cash projection, you're always considering what your reserve is and what your reserve should be. Oh, and I see. So um, there are a few ways to do this. One of the ways to do this is to have a long cash projection. And we're going to get into this detailed one when we do a class about it, but you know, like going out for weeks and weeks and weeks into the future. Um, and you can have a whole section that's what's coming in, what's going out, what's in transit, what your balances are looking like right now and what you think they'll look like for each week going into the future. You can also do a separate section that says, here's what my reserve is right now. Here's what I'm planning to put into the reserve. Here's what I'm planning to take out of the reserve. You can really formalize it like that. Um, And that's one way to do it. The other way to do it is to um, perhaps if you have 
uh, checking and savings account for your business. Maybe the savings account is where you put the reserve. Remember, don't hide it from yourself too well because you may need it. Remember, it's for a rainy day. And if you have an emergency, an emergency is an emergency. It's not a time for calling your broker and figuring stuff out. It's, you know, you're going to need cash like now. So make sure you have the transferability in between your your checking and your savings accounts. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's different ways to document it. I mean, if you're, if you're keeping your, your accounting on QuickBooks, let's say, and you've got it in two separate bank accounts, you're going to see it every time you look at it, right? You're going to be able to look at the register of the transactions and say, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I took money out and then I put it back. And, you know, and remember you're the boss of this, you decide what your policy is, but it's just good to set up a policy rather than wing it. Yeah, totally. Even though winging it is fun, but it's a little complicated when you get into business. So, you know, there, there, there are some, some different ways of, of handling that, but yeah, try to document it as well as you can. Um, and, but not, not in an obsessive way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, of course. I think what I found was like, I would have, I'm really big on paying my, my subcontractors, like is basically immediately, like as soon as they turn over their deliverable, I'm sending them money regardless of whether or not I've been paid from the client. And so I, I remember one time I found myself in a situation where I had several of those out from several different clients waiting to get invoices in. I had to use my reserve and I was just kind of got stressed out trying to keep track of all of that and just make sure that when I did get paid by that client from that invoice, I didn't forget and be like, oh, sweet, this is, this is a nice fat check, you know, and just put it right in my bank account, you know? So yeah, it's, it is important. And I think that's cool that your the cash flow tool is going to be, you know, includes a place to see that and to take notes on that and be like, oh yeah, I need to pay that back. Yeah. And, and also good for you for paying your vendors, um, right away. Um, as I always tell people, not paying your vendors is not a strategy. <laughs> it's, it's something else, but it's not a strategy. Yeah. So good for yeah. you. I mean, it's really important to, because you don't know how much money you have until after you're, you've removed all the obligations to other people, right. right. From that cash. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, Oh, okay. I have, you know, $500 left, but you know what? You know that mm-hmm. now, instead of living in some fantasy world where you think you have more money than you yeah, do, exactly. which is never good. <laughs> you know, I think also simplifying this makes it a lot easier. You know, money doesn't have to be scary. You know, we'll just, we'll get through it and, um, we will, uh, give you some tools to help. Yeah and demystify this just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. it's always good to continue to remind our listeners that, you know, while we talk about this and we kind of get into, you know, some of the details here, you know, the reality of what this looks like on a day to day, week to week, month to month basis is that what Beth, once a week, once a month that you're maintaining this and projecting, you spend maybe a couple of hours mm-hmm. looking ahead, giving yourself peace of mind, and then you move on. This isn't like an everyday thing that you're just down in the depths of your finances. Like we want to give you the tools and the training that you need to look at it when you need to, and then go away from it and go do whatever it is you do. You know, even the most complicated cash projection that I have when I have clients do it that are even like big companies, after doing it, you know, like sometimes people do it every day, it should only take about five minutes a day once you have it figured out, once you kind of know what your plan is. So it's, you know, 
it's like one of those things like brushing your teeth and flossing. <laughs> like the first time somebody told you you had to floss and you're like, oh, that's going to take two more minutes, right? <laughs> and then you then you do it and you're like, wow, I just saved myself a whole bunch of money in de- dental bills. Yeah, exactly. So, it's an investment in yourself. <laughs> So, okay, so I'm looking at our notes here of kind of what we wanted to get into. And there are some things that you kind of play out that um, I think will help people understand the importance of having your own cash reserve when you need it mm-hmm. versus having to go find money elsewhere. And when you, you may get to a point where you do need to go find money elsewhere, whether that's on a credit card or in the form of a loan or line of credit or something like that. But I think, Beth, you wanted to share just some, some, what do you have, best, next best, okay, but not great, just different scenarios to play out to help people understand how this part of running your business could play out and some of the, the pros and cons of each. So maybe we can just start with yeah. what's the best case scenario if you need cash? Well, the the best is what we're talking about, which is where you fund your activities or you, you fund your emergencies with... Uh, your own reserve that you then pay back or you can treat like an internal line of credit within your organization. And that gives you maximum independence and independence is good. Um, There's also some, some other parts of that, that, that help you Um, in particular, remember that profitability is uh, about spending less than you make. And if you can spend less than you make because you're putting money aside in a reserve, that's also going to help you. Your financials are going to look good. Um, and so that's two things that are, that are good at the same time. So we, that's the best of all worlds. Um, if you need money for some type of emergency, um, the next best thing to do is um, get a, a line of credit. And a line of credit will force you to periodically repay it. It's kind of like a credit card, um, but it's more, but the way usually these work is that they're like a bank account with checks and you can write checks to um, against your line of credit, but then you'll pay it back as soon as you can. Um, and if you have one of those, it's best not to max it out and not repay it because then it turns into a loan and then that's just another kind of mess. So, um, if you can, if you can get some sort of line of credit from a bank where they'll, you know, extend you a little bit of money, but then you pay it back. If you can get a good term, good terms on that, not ridiculous interest rates, then that's probably your next best bet. So qu- if you don't have a reserve set quick up. question on that, what's the difference yeah. between a line of credit and using like a business credit card? Um, probably the interest rates. So you might be able to get a line of credit for a much lower interest rate than you would on your, you know, credit cards. The minute you pay something 15 minutes late, they, they rate jack you. Mm -hmm. Right. So you have to really, really manage your credit cards carefully. And, and also if you're on those like introductory, you know, 0% where we all sign up and we go, Ooh, 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 I'm going to get this credit card for 0%. And then like, Three months later, it turns into 15% or something crazy like that. And you're like, what did I just sign up for? I mean, there's a good use for those. And, and you know, we can talk about this another time or we could talk about this now. If you're trying to pay down another credit card, if you can get the zero, 0% one and just keep 
you may have to get a few of them. And do like a balance you know, transfer because, type thing you're saying? Do, do a balance transfer while it's 0%, but then you have to watch that because the minute it turns into whatever high percentage, you know, that they tell you about in the small print, mm -hmm. you know, so always read the mm -hmm. small print. Um, but I have done that before where it's like, I have a big balance and I'm like, let me put this in a 0%. Oh, that's done being 0%. Let me put this in another 0%. Oh, that's done being, you know, and that, you know, but remember that's a lot of work. So yeah. um, if it makes sense, great, but also it, it does take some management. Yeah, it's not ideal to, to do, do that. something like that. It's not, it's not ideal, yeah. yeah. Best of all worlds, again, is to have your own reserve. Right, right. So. <laughs> okay, so what's the next um, sort of level down? So we talked about the best is having a reserve. The next best is tapping into a line of credit. After that, you're talking about a loan. Tell us about that option. Yeah, and, and that's okay, but not great. And, and again, the better your finances look, the better types of loans you qualify for. Yeah. So again, this goes back to the whole thing about being careful with your cash and having, you know, having good financials and, you know, having money in the bank. It's, it's like you have to already be doing well to get more help. Mm. And it's, which seems counterintuitive. You'd think that it would be smarter to, you know, need the help when you, you know, when you need right. the help, not when you don't yeah. need the help. But anyway, that's that's how our system works, and we're just working within our system <laughs> and doing the best we can. <laughs> um, but uh, so okay, but not great um, is a loan. So you know you would um, take out a loan from a bank, and they'll say, okay, we're going to expect a payment every month on such and such date for this amount and um, this percent interest and and then make sure that there's no prepayment penalties right so if you all of a sudden are like wow that client paid me really well i've covered all my costs and i want to really hit this loan hard make sure that you're not going to get penalized for doing that make sure that it's going to be the kind of thing where you'll actually have fewer payments ultimately and less interest rate less interest paid over time because you're paying it back early. Um, so, you know, again, you have to be responsible with this kind of stuff um, and, and knowledgeable. So, you know, not for the faint hearted. So it sounds like, you know, one of our themes that we talk about a lot at Kenza is, is understanding when it's time to get professional help. <laughs> mm -hmm. whether that's mental or business. <laughs> but in this case, um, it sounds like if you're getting to a place where for some reason, whatever that reason is, you need to look into some kind of line of credit, whether that's in the form of an actual line of credit or in the form of a loan or in a credit card, whatever it is, you need cash. That sounds like it might be a good point for you to actually talk to someone who's been through this and knows what they're doing to kind of give you some guidance and look at your financials. Maybe they could even say, hey, you know what? This thing that you're trying to do, maybe you wait six months and build up a reserve and you pay for it yourself or something like that. It sounds like kind of this is that time to go get yeah. some professional help. Yeah, Again, yeah, yeah. This 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 could be a good time to, to have some somebody look at that for you or a second set of eyes or a professional or... You know, if you have a financial advisor or an accountant or somebody that you trust um, or, you know, everybody seems to have at least one relative that's a financial whiz or <laughs> whatever it is, you know, yeah. your, your uncle that knows all about 
you know, loans because he works in the business or something. You know, it's, 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 yeah. I mean, get, get another, maybe another perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we all know people in our lives that are financially savvy um, and not pretend financially savvy. I was going to say, well, at least they like, seem like it. <laughs> yeah. Not like I look at all the cars I have in houses. That's not really, you know, cause you never know if that's all on credit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, somebody who works in the business who, who, uh, who knows about this stuff is a good person to, to talk to. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, and then, uh, the other thing I want to just warn people about, um, you know, you may be really desperate and you may have, let's say you have a company that looks like it might scale and it might do some good stuff. Um, be careful about investors. Um, you know, angel investors are one thing, make sure that their motives are, you know, angelic, as they say, um, (laughs) maybe they aren't, maybe they are. Um, but also remember that an investor, um, wanting to take an equity stake in your company and funding you, um, be sure that you check that person out carefully and that they're fair and ethical. Otherwise you may have signed up for a world of hurt. Um, we've seen this in action, um, and it's not pretty. So yeah. yeah, you want to be careful about that. Um, and another thing to remember is that when you're getting a loan where, or when you're getting, uh, an investment from a, you know, equity stake from an investor or, you know, money that's coming in, that's not coming in as income, um, unless you're using it for assets, uh, it's going to put probably put a drag on your P and L. Hmm. So, um, because remember that on your P and L is your income and your expenses, right? And if you're still having expenses, but not having corresponding income to cover that because it came in a different way, uh, it's going to result in you having spent more than you made in income. Mm. Um, so again, the reserve forces you to save money and spend less than you're making, um, which, you know, makes you live within your means, which makes your financials look better. That's what it's all about. It's, Mm -hmm. it's just math, you know? Yeah. And, and also never, ever, 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 please don't ever, um, do this. Um, invoice factoring. I don't know if anybody has heard about this out there in listener land, but invoice factoring is, um, something that, that people, you know, say, Whoa, yeah, I will, I'll give you some money for your receivables. And then in return, when your customer pays you, I'm going to take, take, give you, anyway, I'm going to give you money and, and then I'm going to take a bunch of money back. And, and it's, it's not a good, a good way to do it. Um, let me explain it a little bit better. Um, invoice factoring companies let small businesses access up to 95% of money tied up in receivables or unpaid invoices. They'll advance this money to your small business before collecting the invoices themselves. Once the invoice is paid, you'll receive the remaining balance minus the service charge. Problem is here that you lose a percentage on each invoice, which eventually turns into a big deal the more you bill. So it's like a disincentive to bill more. Um, Mm. And it's also... Uh, a bad way to learn about cash management. Can I, excuse me. <laughs> it's a bad way to learn about cash management. 
management because the goalposts keep moving. Um, So to me, a much more effective strategy here is to know how to collect your receivables and set up terms that are not putting you at such a disadvantage. Um, because this, this whole thing starts to accumulate and you never get ahead. And you know what? Collections calls are not that hard. Um, we can, we can do probably a whole chapter on this, on how to collect your receivables. Mm -hmm. Um, there's some good methodologies. I've worked with some people that have had incredible, um, collections percentages, like, you know, there's no outstanding invoices from customers, mm-hmm. you know, because they just get on the phone and they just say, Hey, this is so-and-so and you need to pay your bill. And usually the person is like, Oh, I didn't know I didn't pay my bill. Yeah. Let me write a check right now. Right. You know, it, like nobody wants to be a jerk. I mean, well, some people want to be jerks, but not most people. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so yeah. And it's interesting that you brought this up because I use fresh books, um, to manage my business's income. Um, and expenses and accounting and actually they do proposals and estimates and all these time tracking. It's actually a pretty great software from what I've experienced so far. Um, but I did notice very recently that they introduced, they, I don't think they called it invoice factoring, but, or maybe they did, but basically when I started sending invoices out all of a sudden one day it said, Hey, do you want to get paid your invoice? before your client has paid you some some little call to action like that and i was like immediately red flags went up and i was like uh no that's not what i want to do so you're mm-hmm. so it's interesting i hadn't i just kind of let it go i didn't really think much of it other than like ooh, that's that sounds weird um so i'm glad you're bringing that up because if that's something that a mainstream software is offering people something to be aware of it sounds like Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it's, it's, I've seen people get, get sucked down into that quicksand. Let's just say. That's a good way to put it. That's a good visual. Yeah. It's, it's not pretty. And, and it's like, it's like signing up with a loan shark. Like you kind of never get out of it. Um, so yeah, like be really, I mean, be skeptical about anything that where somebody offers you something that seems like it's for nothing. Mm -hmm. right? Right. Because you know, it's, it may not be in your best interest. So, I mean, ultimately what we want as self-employed people is independence, right? That's the name of the game. We want independence around our lives, our time, our money and everything else. And so the more independent you can make yourself by, you know, reducing your dependence on financial vehicles of any type, um, the better off you're going to be because you're going to own all that money and you're going to have access to all that money. Um, and that being said, also be mindful of FDIC limits because now once you own all your own money and it's all in the bank account, remember that, um, banks are insured up to a certain amount. Um, so usually it's $250,000, but you should check with your bank for your particular situation and your particular, um, configuration of your organization. So like, I think individuals have one limit and corporations have another. So Mm. you should be mindful of that and make sure that like, let's say you had a pile of money in the bank, you did well with your business and things were looking good. And then all of a sudden something bad happened and, and the banks weren't able to, 
you know, pay you back the money that you have in the bank if you needed it, um, you because you're over that that insurance limit. Mm-hmm. So just that, that's something to think about. It would be a good problem to have yeah. to have that much money in the bank. But I do work with clients that do have that much money in the bank, and and there are ways that they diversify that into other bank accounts. Um, so it's per bank account. Mm. So you can have oh, okay. uh, money s- split up into you know, um, $250,000 here at ABC bank and $250,000 here at XYZ bank and, and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fine. You'd be insured in every single place. Mm-hmm. It's just, you can't lump it all into one, one place. I see. Um, so hopefully our, you know, hopefully our listeners have that problem. I know I don't have that problem right now, personally, but <laughs> we're working you know, it would on be it. a good problem to have. We're all working on it. It would be a good problem to have. Yeah. So um, I think yeah, that, so that I think, too, like this would be a good point to say or a good part in, in what we're talking about here to just say, like, you know, we're trying to give you what we hope for you and what we hope the best case scenario can be for you. And understand that there are going to be times, there may be times where, yeah, you might have to take out a loan, a line of credit. You might have to take out a loan. You may have to get a loan from a family member or a friend or something like that. You know, sometimes you have to do what you got to do. I think what we're just encouraging you to think about is to get out ahead of this as much as you can from wherever you're at right now, whether you're just getting started Maybe you haven't even gotten started yet. Maybe you're someone who is currently still in a, in, in a you know nine to five sort of traditional job, and you're thinking about going on on your own. You can start this reserve now. You know you can start setting aside money for your business to give yourself a little bit of a runway or buy equipment or whatever it is. You can always start this. It's never too late. The point is to just be diligent. As soon as you get money coming in from a client, you know, you're going to put a portion aside for taxes and you're going to put a portion aside for your reserve and you're going to pay yourself and whatever other bills Um, and just be paying attention to it and just get a system and a process in place. Get training on how to do that. If you need training on how to do that, set it and forget it, you know, like just just pay attention and, and get it set up and don't be intimidated by this. Yeah, no, it's seriously, money's an inanimate object. In fact, it's not even an object, it's an idea. So it's just something we all agreed on. Um, so, you know, why why is my whole career devoted to, to, to a figment of our imagination? I have no idea. <laughs> but <laughs> this is what happens when you start off in art school and end up getting an MBA, like weird stuff goes on. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like it don't don't let money take on more of a more of a personality than it needs to. I mean, it's a tool. Yeah. Right. And it's mostly math. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we just want to be smart and we want to stay independent. That's our that's the name of the game for us here. Yeah. Right. We want to want to own our lives and and not have to be, you know, having banks, you know, sending us threatening letters and, and having, you know, heaven forbid factors, you know, saying, you know, oh, well, I know you, you think you are owed a dollars $10,000, $5,000, but really here's how much we're going to give you for that. And it's like, whoa, wait, why is my amount of money I'm making getting smaller and smaller when I should be, it should be getting bigger Mm -hmm. and bigger. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, 
we just want everybody to be careful and informed. When I do turnarounds, one of the first things we do is we build a simple cash projection calculation. And I hesitate to call it a model because it's so simple. It's, it's like the easiest Excel you could think of. It's some pluses and some minuses, <laughs> but um, it's a simple practice of updating a spreadsheet regularly, whether that's once a week, every day, whatever makes the most sense for you, showing at the top your cash balance today and then adding in what you think is going to come in during the period that you're looking at, subtracting what you think is going to be going out during the period you're looking at, accounting for items in transit. You meet, So in other words, you might have put a check into the bank that's not showing yet in the balance. Likewise, you might have written some checks that are not showing in that balance. So take those into consideration and then subtract your reserve number from that and see where you are. And if the number's positive, <clears throat> you're doing good. If the number's negative, you have to rework that and figure out how to make that work. If you want to meet all your spending goals and start a reserve. Mm, so okay. that's that's a real simple way to do yeah, it. Yeah, like you, you could write that on the back of an envelope if you wanted to. But then you'd have to actually Although, do the math. You know, if you use like Excel, it would just do it for you. Yeah, yeah. Excel <laughs> is like a... Excel is like everybody out there, business, business owners, please know how to use just basic Excel. You don't have to be an expert and, you know, take a class if it's scary for you. Um, it's a good business tool, not just for managing your cash, but for an analyzing things that come up during business. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, creating, sometimes you need to use it for a client for something you're creating for them, mm -hmm. you know, to show them an illustration of something that has to do with numbers. So, you know, familiarize yourself with it. It's a, it's a great tool and it could be used in lots of different ways. All right. Well, on that note, let's wrap up this episode. Is there anything else, Beth, that you want to share with our listeners about a cash reserve or anything just around cash in general before we wrap this on up? Well, I just do want to say um, that uh, your friends here at Kenza Collective have your back and we will be coming out with a more detailed cash projection tool for you and we'll show you how to use it. Um, and we just, we, we haven't, we just got married last week, so we're, you know, a little busy, but <laughs> we're very big on work-life balance this, over here at Kenza. Yes, but this is on our list. It is. Um, so I will be I will be pulling this together sometime soon, and hopefully we'll either have a standalone course or we'll do some kind of simple um, uh, cash management. But we will we will be delivering more information to you all soon. So um, stick around and and uh, stand by. Stick around and stand by. Well, there is one quick announcement that I wanted to make on this podcast. That is well, I'll do a small announcement and a big announcement. So. The small one we've been talking about for a couple of episodes now, which is that Beth and I have both opened up our coaching doors for anyone out there who just wants some more personalized help. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm here to help you out with anything having to do with process, with proposal writing, with client management, with finding clients, with, um, firing clients, if you need to do that, um, 
managing your day-to-day as a parent, how to sort of manage your time. One of the things that I have found is that when people go out on their own, they go out with a certain service or skill set or whatever, and they don't recognize that they are actually also project managers on top of that. And a lot of you may not have ever had training in project management. And so if you need some personalized help, things are feeling overwhelming, you feel constantly behind, you have Uh, processes that you know you're doing inefficiently, I'm happy to help out with that. Um, Beth, do you want to talk a little bit about what you help out with your coaching clients? Well, I do want to say first, Tiffany, that I can endorse you as a project manager who helps other people get their act together because you're doing great with me. Oh, thank you. But also in our in our history of working together, I, I know we, you were always the person that we all said, oh, let's have Tiffany do it because she'll get it done in like five minutes. So, <laughs> so you have a good way of, of, of taking complicated things and making them simple, which I think is really, really important for project management and for the type of uh, consulting that you do. So well, thank you, Beth. Um, so kudos to you. Um, and what I do is um, I'm doing CFO coaching. So if you own a business and uh, you need to be your own CFO, um, let's talk. I mean, we can we can do an hour a week where we just sort of say, you know, what did we do this week? Did you create? Did you populate your cash projection? That's that's a conversation that we have a lot. Yeah. Um, and how about and. And how's it looking? And are you seeing negative numbers? And if you are, how are you going to cope with those? And, you know, things like that. So this is the kind of stuff that that you need to think about. Um, and the great thing about this is, is that I want you to be free, even from me. You know, I, you know, the whole thing is about independence. So I want to help you get to where you need to be to then be able to take those tools and run with them. Um, if you don't need me anymore, I'm thrilled know, because I'll go help somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's the, that's what I'm trying to help my clients do and I'm happy to help others with. Yeah. So I love that. And one of the things that I have found working with Beth is just how, um, easygoing and not, um, intimidating she is about the whole thing. Like she really does meet you wherever you are, whether you're just getting started and you have no idea how to manage a business finance, uh, situation or you're years into it and you need to do better. You want to learn more wherever you are. She's going to meet you right there with grace and understanding and a good dose of humor and some good one-liners that you're like, hold on, what was that? Just, what did you just say? Wait, wait, let me write that down. Yeah. What was that? What just came out of your mouth? Yeah. So you will yeah, have a lot of you, fun Tiffany. working with her if that's, um, if that's something you need. And the other thing too is, is that, you know, if you approach us and you're like, here's kind of where I'm at, here's my situation and we're either booked or we just don't feel like it's something that we're going to really be able to help you with truly. We have, an, between the two of us, an amazing network of people. That's why it's called Kenza Collective um, that we can refer you to and get you over to to get the help that you need. So really, truly, our hearts are to just help you, like Beth said, have uh, more independence, be more free, and to be able to really, truly create a life that works for you and your family. And if we get to be a small part of that, we're stoked, whether that's referring you on or actually helping you ourselves, whatever it looks like. It's all good. Um, and on that note, the other bigger announcement I wanted to make is that we are, this is the very first time sort of talking about it publicly. We are currently in production on our very first course. It's called, 
you can do this. And this is a course that's going to teach you the basic building blocks of starting your own business. And when I say the phrase starting your own business, I, I mean someone who is wanting to freelance, um, be a consultant, do contract work, whether that's one client, whether that's 10 clients, whether it's just you, whether you have a couple of employees, whatever it's going to look like for you. This course is going to teach you everything that you need to know to get that off the ground. And we're working really hard on giving you enough, but not too much to overwhelm you. We're trying to meet you right where you are in terms of really exploring this, getting curious about what, why am I even doing this? What service am I going to offer? How do I write a proposal? How do I price myself? How do I set up my banking? How do I pay taxes? Um, you know, how do I update my online presence to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm showing that I'm open for business. All of those types of just sort of foundational pieces we're putting together in a incredibly affordable course that we are just so, so, so excited to be launching. Um, right now, as I record this, it is November 5th and we are 2020 and we are hoping to get this launched within the next couple of weeks. So by the time this actually goes out, it may already be out. So check it out. Go to KenzaCollective.com and look for the You Can Do This course. Um, it's it's going to be really great. And I'm so, so excited. We're working really hard to get that out to you. Even while Beth's getting married, she is recording lessons for you. I love it. That's yeah. the dedication. Here. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm writing I'm writing scripts as we speak. So, um, I it's but it's fun for us too. And and all again, our goal is that we want all of you to own your own lives. And enough of this working for the man business. Yeah. Um, let's let's uh, be smart. Let's work smarter. Yeah. And um, let's let's be in charge of our own destiny because it's just a better place to be. Yeah, I like it. All right. Well, on that note, thank you so much for joining us on our very first video podcast. You might be listening to the audio only, but if you wanted again to see our shining faces here, uh, go check us out on the Kenza Collective website or on YouTube and follow us on social. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Kenza Collective. All right. That wraps up this episode of Finance Friday. Thank you, Beth. Thank you, Tiffany. All right. Bye-bye.